Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Okay, so we're going to go in three, two, one. Lions Lounge Lockdown, episode 63. Kenny Jacket. King Kenny, how you doing, mate? Yeah, very good, Dan. Yourself? Love, good mate, especially after last night's result, which we'll cover in a minute. But yeah. buzzing to talk to you, big, um, a big scoop for the channel. Love that Mill Wall for the right reasons, of course. Three no. trips to Wembley, I think. Yeah, no, no problems, and looking forward to it. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. So yeah, I'll just cover. I mean, by the time this goes out, it'll be a bit dated. But um, Mill Watford last night, of course, you was a one-man club with Watford, managed Mill Wall. You was there as well. I heard some people saying you was there last night. Yeah, I've seen a couple of games. I saw the Stoke game start of the season, and then I saw the Watford game. As you say, last night, you know, so two good wins, really. And and it's, it's an open championship this year. I know they say many times, but, you know, the amount, the, the, the amount of games that everybody's lost, um, the sides that have sort of gone away early, Norwich and Sheffield United, but have recently gone on bad runs, you know. So it looks, it looks really good and, and, and an excellent competition. And, and I do think for Millwall, there's, there's a chance this year. Yeah, it's really cliche to say, you know, it's, it's, it's anyone could be anyone. But I just, I saw a stat actually just before we went on air. It was Blackburn have lost, I think, six games and won eight. And Coventry have lost less games than Blackburn, but they're bottom. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's true. We've, they've got games in hand. So, as you say, probably by the time this goes out, it, it'll have evolved. But it, it does look an interesting championship. But, you know, it's a, it's a good standard and everybody's beating everyone at the moment. Yeah, big clubs near the bottom, which you do think they will improve. You know, West Brom and Middlesbrough generally. You know, they they, they will improve as well. So, you know, yeah, it'll it'll be a good year to watch. We so hope West Brom don't improve before Saturday, though. They don't mind no. after that. But... <laughs> um, so you're say that's good because you went two wins. You didn't say I thought you were going to be a bit more neutral than that. Because of course, you're you played your whole career one man club Watford. Yeah, I did. That's right. And it's a long time ago now. But um, they obviously gave me my start in the game. And, you know, I fully appreciate that. Going on to my management career, the, the, the biggest chunk of it was at, was at Millwall, which is almost six years, which, you know, I was very proud of as well and enjoyed my time there. It was a fantastic club from from the inside. You know, everybody looked after, looked after us and looked after me very well and, and gave me every chance to be able to do my job. It was it was John Berylson's, just, just him starting. You know, I was his, his first manager when he when he actually, you know, came on board. He was an investor first, then he came on as a sort of frontline chairman and has been there ever since. So and done a fantastic job for the club. 
yeah, he's, he's you know he's very well respected by the fan base. We don't always spend a lot of money, but I know you know rumours he puts a lot in himself to keep it afloat, and he really is you know part of the club, and he, he's a, he's a fan as well as anything now. He, he is, and you know he hasn't got you know a, a, a massive natural fan base. Um, if you look at you know what he's developed, how he's done, how he's supported it in in years to come. Now you know recent years to come, there's there's another training ground on the way, you know, it's fantastic work really. And, and such a consistency about it as well. Yeah, it's true, mate. Very, very true. Consistency is key. So you, you played for Watford your whole career. Then you, you started your managerial career at Watford, moved on to Swansea, and then you came to me and I've looked this up, correct me if I'm wrong, but in between the Swansea and, and coming to us, he was actually reserve team manager at Man City. Is that right? Yeah, it was been, you know, been around the country, as you say, spending so long and all my playing career, just being in one area. Um, I'm, I'm made up for it. Yeah, South Wales up to Manchester, and and um, uh, before coming back down south to uh, to manage Millwall, which was a great opportunity for me, uh, uh, and um, you know, very pleased to take. It says on Wikipedia again, it may not be right. If you don't want to discuss it, that's fine. But it said at first Millwall approached you, and then you pulled out the running, but then eventually you went. They come back in, and they got their man. Yeah, but I'd, I'd spoken to them as as sort of John was taking over. John Berylson, you know, he's very, he was very impressive, by the way. And then as that got closer, let's say, to a takeover and, and you know, his enthusiasm really rubbed up, off on me. That was that time period, you know, and, and takeovers yeah. take a little bit of time from being an investor to, to, you know, to being the main man at the club. Um, I did want to, at that, at that time, although I was, you know, I was up in Manchester, you know, running the, 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 the 21s team, I did want to go back into frontline management and, and was looking yeah. for a chance. And and Millwall was a club I knew. I, you know, I knew it very well. I'd obviously been played play, played and coached in and around the South East anyway, but knew quite a few people that had, that had worked there. You know, likes of Tom Wally, people like that. Very, very good people. And I always spoke well of the club. So I did I did feel as if I knew the club and I, and I got it. And, and mm. as I said, in being up in Manchester at that time, I was looking for the chance and opportunity. It did come when, when, when John took over. And, and as you say there, you know, the, 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 the process worked through where, you know, I I, I, um, I joined and, you know, it was a fresh start for both of us. Yeah, mate, you mentioned Tom Water there. Of course, you did mention loads in our um, player, ex-player interviews, Mark Beard, um, a few others, obviously big impacts on the youth team. So, you had, yeah, you had that obviously emphasis yeah. and that side of it as well to lean on Tom, maybe. Yeah, Tom was my own youth team manager down at, at Watford, you know. And oh, right. I've, I always had the ultimate, ultimate respect for, and and when he moved over to Millwall, I mean, he did great things. You know, the Ben, the ben Thatchers, as you said, you know, Mark Beard. I can remember those lads playing, and 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 Tom picking them up and getting them to a, a youth cup semi final. And I, I actually came over for that game where they, you know, they played the the, the, the Man United class of '90s, didn't didn't they? You know, with Skulls and Neville, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, which is a fantastic Man United side, and uh, Millwall gave them a run for their money in that final as well. Yeah, it's brilliant, mate. So when you came over to the club, what was you know Berylson sold the dream to you, and you said you was really impressed by him. What was what was his ambition for the club at this point? We're in League One. What was your yours and his plan to to do? Yeah, to to improve because at that particular time we were in the the relegation, and it was. Yeah. November time, you know, it was a few months have gone of the season. So it's in the relegation places in in League One. You know, John was then now a, a a new owner, if you like, a new chairman then soon to be, which 
did appeal to me. He, he, he came across very well. He was very enthusiastic. At, at, at the time, Andy Ambler, Heather Abat, you know, was there as well. Uh, um, uh, Jeff Burnage, um, uh, Stuart Till, you know, they, they were really sort of hurting really with the position that the club were in and and um you know first off we wanted to improve but ultimately to you know get get up into the championship try and establish ourselves if we could into a, the top 30 clubs in the country and then to always be within within, within touching distance of the premier league and you know if possible we'll be able to get there it's not something that millwall have necessarily achieved but um you know john from that position where it did look like there was a possibility of it going of the club going down into League Two, you know. Yeah. He you know, he certainly uh, um, put it on a straight path and has and has guided it very well since then. Oh, absolutely, mate, absolutely. So you come to the club six of November um, in two thousand and seven. You had a five and a half year tenure. Is it, am I right in saying that your first, the day you was appointed, we played your old club Swansea in a two-two draw at Den? Um, uh, my, my first game was actually in the FA Cup. Ultimate. The next one, okay. Yeah, so you know that was that was the first one. I, I I think that the actual Swansea game I was in talks or it 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 was done that afternoon. Does that make sense? You know, so it, it, yeah, it yeah, going over that the game then came pretty quickly. But um, yeah, I was talking to the guys then, or you know, uh, dotting the eyes, crossing the t's at that particular time. But it was actually on that day where everything was agreed. Yes, and and the Altrincham game was was on the Saturday, I believe, in the FA Cup. That's right, yeah, that's right. That, that, that season, you sort of say so was in and around the relegation. You steered us clear, and then in the two thousand two uh, eight and nine season, we saw we kicked on. Mate, we came fifth that season, didn't we? Did you make any notable transfers in during that summer? Yeah, first, first summer, there, there was there, there was a lot of injury problems. To be fair, you know, they, they, uh, uh, staff wise, they didn't have a physio. That wasn't anybody's fault. But you know, when you haven't got, let's say, a physio or a physio department or a permanent one, and then and then you have a lot of injuries, you know, it can be slightly chaotic. I don't think that was anybody's fault. It was just uh, something that needed to be resurrected anyway, myself as a new manager. Yeah. And there was, you know, some big players out. Andy Frampton, uh, Paul Robinson was out injured. Chris Hackett was out, you know, players that contributed very well. Neil Harris was out injured, you know. So during that particular time, I, I did feel as well, there was the basis of a good team. And uh, and, and there was, you know, I, I, I inherited... Uh, Alan Dunn, Paul Robinson, Zach Whitbread, uh, um, you know, lads like that. Andy yeah. Frank, um, you know, was there. Neil Harris, Gary Alexander, Chris Hackett. You know, they, they formed the, 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 the nucleus of the team for the next couple of seasons. We needed to get them into shape a little bit, if you like, in terms of organisation. And, you know, some of those boys back from injury. But we, we you know, quite quickly then um, went into Crystal Palace, took Tony Craig from Crystal Palace, or brought him back from Crystal Palace. Yeah. Um, um, that was sort of one of our first ones. And and also took two young lads at the time, Lewis Graben and Dave Martin, as well from Crystal Palace. You know, so... Yeah. I was, didn't realise Graben come from Palace. Because I was going to yeah. ask you, man, what was he like to... Yeah. Well, that, I mean, he's a great striker, and but obviously he didn't really work out for me. Well, he's always been this ding-dong with him. Well, what was he like to manage? Yeah, he's a talent, you know, and, and you've seen it. Scored a lot of goals, hasn't he? Yeah. Done done a lot of good for, for a lot of teams anyway it was a young lad then and and just you know needing a chance if you like from you know not not getting one at, at Crystal Palace and, and just being a young lad there and probably needed to go on his journey so you know we we signed sort of two, two guys there in in, in Lewis Graben and, and Dave Martin who we did think were you know young and talented 
if you like. Tony Craig was ready to come in and do very well. And so we had, we added those guys and, and you know, um, signed Jimmy Abdu pretty early as well during that particular time. And that, and that was the basis of the team for a couple of seasons. Um, yeah. and, and, you know, once we did get those lads fit, Ryan Smith played the first year who was a very talented boy, but then moved on to America at the end of, let's say, my first half season uh, that played. So, you know, it, it was pulling, the, the, you know, that group into in, into a team. Uh, I did think, though, there was a nucleus of a side there, and that was that was proved right because, as you say, by, by the end of my first full year, you know, we'd, we'd improved, we'd finished fifth, um, we'd lost in, in, the, in the playoff final. You know, you go through the team and, you know, Alan Dunn, Paul Robinson... You know, uh, uh, Zach had played that year. Tony Craig had been injured, but back. Andy Frampton, you know, Jim, Jimmy Abdu. Then, as I said, Neil and um, and Gary up front. Chris Hackett, uh, Lewis Graben, Dave Martin. You know, that was the, that was the basis of the side for a couple of seasons that you know really did improve and give us some confidence that we could do well in, into you know into into League One, which was the case. You know, l- later on and then after that, we did add the likes of of David Ford, who was a key one. You know, it's a real key one for the yeah. personality and, and obviously have a good goalkeeper is a big thing. Uh, but uh, massive personality, did really, really well. And, and you know, the season after that, Steve Morrison. So that team evolved, you know, that got into the championship. It evolved off, I felt, quite a good base. And, and um, yeah. unfortunately, you know, go, go, going in myself, you know, I walked into a club with with a lot of injuries, have been chopping and changing quite a bit and it needed to settle down. But at, at several several players, I think, with, with really good potential. Yeah. It's, uh, it's bad you say that because you said um, you had a lot of injuries, but you also had no physio. Do you think those injuries were related to that? that you had- a lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. And people, you know, like fans like me, maybe don't always understand the importance of getting that structure right top to bottom. It's not just about the 11 that you name to start. Yeah. 
the working environment for them and, and obviously, you know, fitness for footballers is a big thing. I don't think it was anybody's fault. The physio just happened left, which, you know, he's entitled to do and that was it. And and then recruiting one became a you know a little bit of a tough process. But I, I, I inherited that, if you like. And and as I said, it just it, it was like that. And as as my impressions of walking in were that, you know, we needed some structure to that that physio department to start getting these guys back, support them. And in the end, you know, good physio work is prevention rather than cure as well. Um, yeah. So, you know, we, we the club were in the process of doing that. And, and you know, once we'd got that settled down and a few of those boys back and, and worked hard to keep them fit and keep them back, you now the club did stabilise, you know, through through that period. I asked you if there was... Um, sorry, I've lost my voice a bit last night screaming. All, all the goals going in. Um, but you, my voice ain't used to that. I asked you if there's any notable... Um, Incomings during that summer, and I've, I've obviously researched it in my notes. Jimmy Abdul, you mentioned him. Talk us about Jimmy. Go down in as a cult hero with Mill fans. Yeah, fantastic player. He he played for Plymouth in the Championship then, and top half of the Championship as well. And he he played a lot of games. I've seen him play for them and do well. I was a little bit surprised that they released him at the end of that season, but they were maybe looking to kick on at that time and then, you know, get into the Premier League. So so they released him at the end of that season from the top half of the Championship. I, I was pleased to say we persuaded him to to come to Millwall. And yeah, he was a really, really good player for us, Jimmy. A very, very popular lad with everybody. Yeah, what was he like as a person? And, and the other players, you know, the other players loved him as well. Fantastic character, never give up. And uh, was there sort of lad had a smile and a and a work ethic and a work rate every single day. Great, great person to work with. And as you say, the, the crowd took to him as well. Yeah, he's been on the channel. He's uh, he just he just seemed really happy to be here. He just seems really humble and not really. He's just I, he's actually titled "I'm Just Jimmy." You know that was that was the title of his video because he just didn't, you know, nothing phased him and he was just really really humble and just smiling throughout. You know, I remember him um, doing a, an interview at a player of the year do one year, you know, and they, them sort of saying, well, do you want to go and, you know, he's obviously French, do you want to go back and play in France? And, 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 and it was, no, I don't I want to stay here. I like it here. You know, it was, it was as blunt as that. And like you said, with that big smile, I said, well, why would I go, want to go back? You know, why would I want to go back to France? I want to play here. It was good. He got such a round of applause and his bluntness was fantastic. And, and uh, as you say, infectious character, but his enthusiasm was fantastic and it did rub off on the rest of the players. Yeah, he's a good guy, Jimmy. Good guy. So you mentioned as well David Ford there. He's been on the show day uh day forty. Really like told some really great stories, but like quite intense of them and really intelligent as well. Really like seem like a really intelligent bloke. Yeah, you know, he's obviously developed his own career now as well, hasn't he? From yeah. from going on and playing. But uh he was at Cardiff at the time. I think he was maybe number three goalkeeper at Cardiff. He'd been over to West Ham. I'd seen him I'd seen him come over from Ireland at West Ham and again high standards didn't sort of break through went back anyway to Ireland and played in the Irish League and then come over to Cardiff and unfortunately sort of both times couldn't quite break through to you know clubs at the top level uh, he went out on loan at, at, at Bournemouth and um in in my first year when we were we were battling against relegation he actually saved a penalty from Neil Harris at Bournemouth away which you know affected Ooh. the game and and did really well in League One anyway. So, you know, I was pleased to say that, you know, we followed him from then, made contact at the end of the season when, you know, his contract was up. He was looking to go and be a, a number one uh, and, and he was ready to go and be a number one somewhere, definitely. 
and um, also, you know, I was very interested in Millwall if if we'd commit to him and give him a chance as as as, as the main man, if you like, you know. And and mm. I felt confident of him coming in, and you know, it was a big, big one for us, big player. Yeah. You know, himself. Um, I looked at the back four in the opening day of the season. We lost four three away at Oldham. Fortunately, things got better. We had Paul Robinson, Alan Dunn, David Ford, and um, Tony Craig all in the back line. You wouldn't expect them boys to be shipping for Oldham, would you? Yeah, it must have been a referee, Dan, to be fair. <laughs> a couple of dodgy penalties or something. They, they didn't concede many goals, them boys. You know, they knew what they were doing. But, um, yeah. Uh, and the, the, the big thing about those guys is, you know, that they weren't, let's say, perfect all of the time you know i'm not saying that it was but but they had the character to always come back which is a big thing in football you know how you react to a disappointing half as you say maybe a disappointing result where you haven't quite got it right the manager hasn't got it right but you know that they, they had such character that group where you always felt they were going to fight back and overcome and, and actually quite enjoyed a bit of adversity which, yeah you need that you need that character sort of character to be a middle player don't you Oh yeah, you do need that. So, you know, like, like you know, you get get results like that. You may get results like that at, at, at um, a certain point of the season. You know, my biggest one was the uh, was the Leeds semi final playoff, and and the atmosphere at Leeds was unbelievable in that semi final. You know, and and they scored to make the tie, let's say one each. Yeah. And the levels seemed to go up again. The roof, you know, if there had been a roof, it had taken off. It was, it was, it was incredible, you know. And and it was those those lads playing, and and Dan, they didn't buckle one bit, you know. They saw it through, uh, um, got the draw, got through, got through to the final, you know. And uh, mm. yeah, a lot of character in them, in 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 them, in them fellas, and it's good to work with. Yeah, it's always good to credit Leeds as a Millwall fan, but. The noise comes out of that stadium, Ellen Road. And I think we had 900 fans there that night. I've been watching some footage recently in preparation for it. You come back out of the end, clap the fans, and they're chanting your name. I bet it was buzzing in that dressing room afterwards, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was incredible. But as you said, you know, in terms of um, Ellen Road and semi-final, and, and yeah, it was it was a tight game anyway. Um, the, you know, the two sides had some real battles. And traditionally, as you say, some battles as well. Um, but uh, it was a great game, and you know our, our lads responded very, very well. Uh, fantastic atmosphere, but you know we got the right the, we got the right result. Yeah, and I mean, I always reflect on this because obviously we was I was expecting to go up on reflection for the final. Was we the favourites? I know as a manager you'd never let us underestimate them, but could sometimes the feeling come across from the media and the fan base that we should be winning this game? How do you try and keep the players focused, you know, and on the job? Was this Scunthorpe? The Scunthorpe? Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. One, I, I don't know. I think they've beaten us that season. You know, and if, you, if you're looking at their forward line, you know, with Hayes and Sparrow and you know, people like that, they had a good side as well, you know, very good side. And so, um, you know, we obviously knew a lot about them during the course of the season. They've been, they were a good side at that time. And, and yes, you know, Millwall is a bigger club than Scunthorpe, definitely. And, and on the day, you know, we had the advantage in terms of supporters. Um, mm. We, we we thought it'd be a good game. Both sides wanted to attack, uh, that but they did have a very good attack. And and, and no, I thought it was fifty fifty. I didn't think it was necessarily, you know, clear favourites if you like. And mm. and you know, if you if you're looking at the the form book in terms of the season, there were some great goals. Unfortunately, we came out the wrong side of it. But again, the character of the players, you know, it it didn't knock them. It spurred them on. You know, as you said, you know, we we had to after that game. In you know, it's, and it hurts. It's it's hard losing the final. 
it's very very difficult you know there's, there's not a lot of words you can say but you know we, we have to sort of use it as fuel to be more determined to make it a, a, you know an even better season next year and and go and go one better and and look at the positives out of it you know we come from fighting relegation in the season before to being fifth we got to Wembley yeah ultimately yeah we were disappointed not 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 to win it but you know why can't we continue with you know with it being a good period for the club rather than just a good season and and go and do well next year no spot I think I think you know as a fan base I, I never thought we in my lifetime Mill would get to Wembley then we did new windscreens 99 I think it was and I thought well, you know that's going to be our one and only thing and then obviously the Man United uh, cup final was in Cardiff so actually get to Wembley this was probably you know a lot of the fans first time didn't think it was gonna happen I think the occasion maybe you know for the fans I think we were just so deflated afterwards but let's talk about Gary uh, Alexander's goal I know Gal personally used to play against him as kids unbelievable like, I was right behind it when it went in yeah did and he you know him and Neil did very well for us early days yeah. um you know we we were very reliant on them we didn't have you know, much else, and and as you say, what you know, what strike? I was, I was the same. I was right behind it and beat the keeper. All ends up. It's just you know, it's, there's a header later on for him. Uh, but um, you know, it was a, as you said, one of the great goals. Anyway, it's a fantastic goal, and and proud of the players really for 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 how far they've taken us that year. Um, we were all like you said. This, there is there there are no words to describe it. You know, losing the final is deflating. It's, it's, it's difficult, but you know you have to use it as fuel to continue to be successful. And and you know I wanted it to be a, a successful period, results-wise for Millwall. I didn't want us to, you know, have one good season and then fall away. And and you yeah. know that that was part of it. And I do believe you keep if you keep chipping away as well, you you can get there. And that proved to be the the, the case the next year. But anyway, yeah, for Gary, again, you know, one of the most wholehearted, unselfish players I've, I've ever worked with, and you know did a great job for us. And, and you know, r- r- real uh, um, r- reliable lad, f- fantastic lad, and and as I said, one of the most unselfish players on the pitch I've ever seen. So it's great to to see him get that goal at Wembley. Yeah, another striker that's done well for you, not just for you, but for the club in general. In that season, you haven't been there long, but in that season, Neil Harris breaks Teddy Sheringham's record, scores 138 goals, eventually for the club. Do you remember the day he broke that white crew? Yeah, and and you know, for Neil, it was, it was you know, he always wanted that to happen. I, I I did feel then that you know, with with fair luck on injury, he'd do that, he would be able to get that, and and it was something that he had his sights on as well. Uh, and um, you know, for him, if he got his 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 um, finishing was excellent, really really good. It, it, Neil Neil Harris could finish a real high percentage of his chances, you know, and you always felt confident if it felt if it fell to him. In in the box, he could put it away. You know, he had that instinct. A, 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 you know, a couple of really good uh, um, uh, uh, traits where he could he could come back from an offside position, just be about in line, and then get the first touch. And and it's a sort of skill in the box to be able to do that. The top boys have got it, and you know, Neil had that and, and scored some some vital goals for us. And and along with Gary at that particular time, led the line well. Yeah, what was he like? Neil was a. As a man, and could you see it? You know, could you see in him that he could eventually go on to be a manager? Because all the other players I spoke to, the player of them said no chance. Did they? Yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> yeah, but, but I mean, not the He's not been a great manager. He's been successful for me a wall, but they said, like Tony Waller said to me, you know, Richard Sadley, you know, he could never would have thought he'd been the last one to be a manager. Wow. Yeah. Okay. He's a clever, clever, you know, a clever oh, man. Yeah. Now, but even even then, I uh, was a clever, clever lad, determined, uh, fiery as well as a player. 
you know he was he was he was he was fiery he was fiery in the tunnel with with the opposition got the boys going well you know and and yeah he's a, he was a he was a, a fiery character but an intelligent one and yeah I, I did think he'd he'd go on and go into coaching which he did you know and, and he, he did quite a few years as as a 21s coach as well you know before yeah. he took the manager's job and you know was was speaking to him at the time sort of contemplating whether to go on and be a manager which he has or, or, or whether to stay in coaching at that particular time as well so you know while you say can you see it there is a transition as well you know he he, he, he you know um transitioned quite well and, and over a few years went from player to manager yes yeah, it's, it's mad that he did exactly what you did didn't he first at first attempt lost in the player final second attempt next year promotion and that's exactly what happens to us the following season, 2009-2010. I asked you earlier, any notable additions for the 2008-09 season? You said a few, but one very notable one in this summer, Steve Morrison. He yeah. went to club from Stevenage for £130,000. How does that, I want to ask, know so much about this. You got him, obviously, you signed him for the club. I'm sure there would have been others interested with his non-league history. How do you go about scoping and sorting, you know, sifting through and finding the a player from non-league. Bearing in mind, in those days, social media wasn't really a thing. Yeah, but you, you, you know, you were still even then. We would still have scouts, and we would still have yeah, yeah, list of players that we think that <clears throat> that we think are going to be suitable for us. You know, you know where, where wherever you are, if you're in if you're in League One, you you know where your market is. You may be looking at then the Premier League and the and uh, and, and the Championship. Let's say um, uh, players that are not playing. Or young players that haven't quite made it and need an opportunity, um, um, yes. so, you know. Similar to that, again, if you're in League One, you, you look at those higher, but then you look at those doing well lower, maybe into League Two and then the National League. So there, 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 there would there would be a list of ones that, and and it has to, the, the the big thing with, with with scouting, Dan, is it has to be an achievable list. You know, we can all have a yeah. fantasy list, and we can waste a lot of transfer windows chasing players that you're not going to get. So it has to be a realistic list that you you know you can afford, and, and will come to you at your club, the position that they're in at that time. Uh, uh, yeah. so, you know, getting that right, getting that in context is important in, in scouting as as it is now. You know, you can get a lot of data on people now, but as I said, you know, the the key one is uh, you know you've got to concentrate on the ones that are in your scope. Anyways. It, it, it surprised me because Steve had been top scorer in the National League for a couple of seasons and yeah. not move out, you know, and and that, that did surprise me because, you know, scoring goals is scoring goals, isn't it? And, and, and it looked like he just missed his chance, really, to come out of non-league because, you know, he was 25, 26 by the time he joined us as well. And, and as I said, you know, he... he, he He'd been the top scorer in that league for a while. I, I, I live up in St Albans, so, you know, I'd watch Stevenage a lot and, you know, watch Steve play quite a lot and did think that he could still score goals higher up. Uh, but, um, yeah, it did it did surprise me nobody had taken him in that time because he was there for everybody to see. You know, somebody scoring goals in that in the National League, you know, it's, it's, it's as you said, with or without social media. I think in this day and age, I know the scouting systems and stuff at all it's all done right but in this day and age with social media the amount of sheer amount of coverage there is on tv of all football i think there's no way he stays at stevenage for that long or mill get him for that that reasonable price you know what i mean now that's probably true it does depend though on the contractual situation as well because you can get some very big players very good players down there but maybe yeah. they're asking for too much money at that particular time as well 
and, and, and maybe a year later, you know. You, you, you see the top boys. Man City are the ones now, aren't they? But they're almost doing their scouting two years in advance. As yeah. you know, you've just seen it with Highland, really, where they seem to be, you know, going there for the last 18 months, if you like. And, and you know, if, if, you, if you get into a good position as a club, then, then that, that's the ideal. That's what you aim for, definitely. But it does go around contractual situations. But even even at the time, I, I was still surprised, though, that, that he was still there, definitely. Um, it, it wasn't an easy pick-off because Stephen Egypt, at the time, had ambitions to get in the league. They were, they were always in, in and around the, the playoffs of the National League. They were in the final of the FA Trophy, you know, playing at Wembley, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, you know, they did have ambitions themselves to... To, to go on and get into the league, which they did after that as well. So it wasn't necessarily an easy club to pick off, if you like. Mm. Uh, um, but uh, as his contract run down, I was surprised that he was still there. And and yeah, you know, maybe you're right with 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 more information than um, then then perhaps he doesn't. You know, he doesn't stay there as long. Yeah, on the flip side to Neil Harris saying, you know, some of his ex teammates, and it wasn't in a bad way. They couldn't really see him going into it. I just thought all day long, Steve, Maris, Steve Morrison will be a manager at some point. Yeah. It's just, it's just so, not stern. I used to love him at Millwall. And he, he, I mean, obviously he's loved, he's a legend, but a lot of fans, when they give it to him and he'd go, fuck off. Or, he, you know, I mean, Gilt, like, he, I love that about him. That he just, he, he was very similar to the fans in, in that aspect. He just told people what he thought. If they didn't like it, then tough shit sort of thing. You know what I mean? yeah. He's a real strong character, Steve. And he's, he's yeah. quite quiet, to be honest with you. But um, he's, a, he's a very strong character, and and again, you know, intelligent lad behind it. You know, he, he knows he does know and knew what he was doing. You know, he wasn't a kid when he came to Millwall. You know, he was twenty six, and 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 also as well, he probably well, he, not probably added. He, he was frustrated he didn't get a chance in league football. He'd, he'd been released by Northampton, and and then went on league. Now, uh, you know, as I said, Stephen is work were at that particular time uh, uh, one of the National League sides that had the potential and were trying to get out of that league and competing at the top but you know he, he, he was he was by the time he came to us he was single-minded and determined and knew this was his chance and he was old enough to you know m make sure it actually was right and it, and it had happened which does happen to a lot of lads that maybe get released like he did at Northampton go go out into non-league when they get their next chance they're ready you know they're, they're, yeah. they're, they're doing and you know, he was single-minded about that, and it was good to see. It took him, yeah, it took him. Didn't get many. You know, I think it was even the first twenty games. He didn't. He didn't score. He didn't score a league. Look at his record. But then, when he did start scoring, he, they came thick and fast. Then, you know, he did very well. But as, as well as his goals, though, he was he was a presence. And you know, what I like is is his pace. You know, early on, he, he gave us another dimension with his pace at that particular time to get in behind defenders. It really took the the, the team onto another level. Yeah, we got um, promoted that year. Like I said, um, obviously, you know, he's the manager. We finished third. We'll get on to that in a minute. What I want to ask you about first is a couple of games that stand out. Um, your first taste of a derby, West Ham away, League Cup. We lost 3-1, of course, didn't we? Unbelievable game. Yeah. yeah. What a game. Unbelievable. To, yeah, that, that was, you know, you had to be there to, to experience that, Dan. You really... It was, yeah, it was, it was carnage. Took the lead from New Harris, didn't we? Uh, the whole thing and... Uh, you know, God dear, and 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 the, the amount of people going on the pitch, we we were, nearly scored, got us one nil up, and um, uh, uh, the referee kept asking me, you know, do you want to take the side off the pitch? You know, during it was myself and and Gianfranco Zola were the managers, and but he kept asking me, you know, the fans running on, they they got it wrong in terms of the police levels, the stewards, and you know, there could have been 
a lot of trouble there. And, and, and anyway, the referees constantly asking me, do you want to take the, the, the teams off? Well, obviously, we were one and up for the majority of the game. So yeah. I, I, I didn't want the break and I didn't want it called off and replayed. I obviously wanted to win. Um, and, you know, we, we, we nearly pulled it off. Um, they they equalised on 87 minutes. I, I can't exactly remember the, the equaliser, but it was Stanislaus got the wrong side of Dunny on the far post and hit it past, you know, hit it past Vordia. And, and that was it then. The stadium was off and running. They, they'd snatched a one-all and, and got two more goals in extra time. So, you know, for us... You know, it was a, it was it, it was close, and and you know we give it a really good go. Scott Parker, you know, they're a really good really good side out as well. Um, but um, you know, it was it was it, it, it was some night, and and you know it's, just, it's 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 a frustrating one. We couldn't quite pull it off. Yeah, another derby, um, little bit little bit more low key, but still a derby. The Charlton game, the four all game, just after you know and around Christmas. Yeah, that was a, that was another crazy game. It, it was a crazy game, and and we did well again. You know to be able to come back into it. We kept going. Um, spirit of that side was high, you know, character of that side was, was, was really high and didn't know when they were beaten. And, and, you know, ourselves at that time with, with the people that we had playing um, were really hard to beat. And, and as, as you say, you know, it was a sort of ding dong battle, if you like, you know, and um, we, we did well to get a draw out of it because it gives some poor goals away. Yeah, we did. We did. I think, I think Steve Morris has scored an own goal, didn't he? And two others for us. Yeah. Yeah, he did, yeah. Yeah, yeah. he did, yeah. Um, so, we we, um, we finished third that season. We don't, we actually did a double over Leeds as well, didn't we, again, just for a change. Uh, they actually went up second. We came third. We played Huddersfield, who were six. There's that another old cliche in football where you go, the team that finishes third never goes up. <laughs> Was that on your mind at all? Yeah, you, you look at those, but then when you actually do see it, I think throughout all of the playoff system, the side that's finished third has got promoted the most. You know, that that is it. But I, I did feel we were, we were capable of beating the other sides as well. Um, the, yeah. the, the teams that were in it, although we'd loved, you know, first or second or whatever. I, I felt more, more positive than negative about the whole thing. I was confident in the group and I did feel as a club we could, we, you know, we could go through and, and out of the four sides, you know, we shouldn't be frightened of anybody. Uh, mm. Yeah, it proved to be the case, and and really good win. It's Lee Clark wasn't it, the manager? Um, yeah. Time and and you know, highly funded side, and uh, you know we did well. We we beat them and got through to Wembley. I watched another podcast. I watched the first leg. I was in my barrel on a stag do nil nil. We got the job done, and then the home game against Huddersfield. That was one of the loudest I've ever heard it at a den. It was unbelievable. And I watched a, a podcast recently with Lee Clark on it, and he said. We, you know, we we half knew. Like we had young boys, good side, but young team going to the den, full house, and they just the atmosphere just overtook. Yeah, the de the den. I mean, it, it was full at that particular time. But on those nights, on those let's say those special days, you know, mm. the den can be half full and still generate a great atmosphere. Yeah, and you know, if, if the football's right, if you're right on the pitch, they can get behind you like like nothing else. You know, so it can generate that. But it, when it's full and then on those sort of all or nothing games if I, you know semi-finals and and big cup games if you like you know absolutely massive games then you know the atmosphere is electric it was for that particular game and players really responded to, took it on really well yeah robo gets scores one we'll get on to the final shortly but what a skipper he's been on the show what a man uh, uh, paul robinson 
Yeah. Yeah, it, it, uh, 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 an unbelievable effect during that time of, on the club. You know, first, sort of looking at the different partners, <clears throat> he, he, just at the back end of, of, of um, I think it was Willie Donaghy and then myself coming in, as, as we discussed earlier, he played with Richard Shaw. I mean, that was a good partnership. You know, it's a very good partnership. Uh, uh, Zach Whitbread come through, uh, Tony Cray, and and once Zach went, then you know we had Tony Craig there, and we you you, you can't just get through a, a season, a promotion season with just two centre backs, and we took Darren Ward back then. So we you know we had we had um, uh, Robbo, Darren Ward, Tony Craig, Tony Craig then uh, at times well could play left back, and and it covered us defensively very very well, made us solid, and he was the leader. You know, he was the leader of, of, of all of it and took the responsibility, you know, some of his performances. It's almost the, the, the best player in his own box of being able to block shots and read where they're going and get his body in the way. And, and you know, when they do say, yeah, put your body on the line, that, 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 that was Robbo all of the time. I think I've seen nothing to do with that game, but I've seen a picture of him um, from an away game at Brentford. He's, he's celebrating, he's got mud all over his head, he's got a bandana on with blood all coming through it. And he's just like that, all in the way, and not celebrating with the fans. Yeah, he's he's a fan, fantastic lad, and and as you said, you know, a leader, but you know, one of the best defenders, natural defenders, in 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 terms of reading where the ball's going, um, uh, and and you know, being able to intercept, block, read the game, he was fantastic at it. But his leadership qualities were were, were great, and during that time, you know, and, and in some of those big games, there's, there's there's spells where you think he's playing them on on his own. You know, he was that good defensively. Yeah, and then we can't get swindled in the final. Um, we had played them on the last day of the season. I'm beating three two at a den, so you definitely knew a lot about our opposition. And the game plan obviously worked because we won. But what was what was the game plan going into yeah, I, that swindling game? You know, we were the better side. Um, you know, Charlie Austin missing the big chance helped us definitely. Yeah. But having said that, we you know I, I know it was a one 0 but I thought we were the better the better side on the day and, and deserved to win. You know, it was a bit different from um the the strength of of scumfort you know the particularly their front line the year before and and you know we 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 did have a good enough side to win i i, I thought that you know we we could we, we could handle the the occasion and and would all of us really players and and staff and manager were determined to be able to see it through so you know we did the job and and robo got the winner which was fitting as well tell you what what what's a goal that was i know it's a, but the control from that from that long corner, the way he brings it down his chest and cushions it. Yeah, he knew what he was doing as well, and, and by that time had enough experience and composure to get some vital goals as well, you know. But in terms of both boxes, great awareness and and a key goal, and pleased for him as well, you know, for him to for everything that he put in and everything he has put in for for, for Millwall, for him to always be that you know that guy that scored the winner winner for for Millwall at Wembley, he deserved it. Yeah, stuff dreams are made of, mate. I bet the uh, I bet JB had the cigars out, didn't he? Uh, full time and afterwards, <laughs> he did. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, he did. He was he was a um, yeah through that time, and, and and everybody would say the same. Fantastic chairman. Um, his his enthusiasm for football is 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 great. You know, even speaking to him yesterday on the phone, and and you know he's he's still the same. His enthusiasm for for Millwall is 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 his thirst to, to for, you know for more knowledge, if you like, of of, of of what's going on, of how it's developing, of of this player, that player, how you know our partnerships are going, and 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 it came across to all of us at the time where you know he he would go into the dressing room, wish all of the players, you know, the very best of luck if you like, and real real 
you know lively upbeat character before a game and 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 after after the game you know enjoyed going into the dressing room and it's it's, it's good as a manager for you know for, for, for the players to know that they've got a chairman they've got somebody that backs them and and, and he certainly did and and has done with, you know with with every every single person that works there question i wanted to ask you was if we hadn't have won god forbid two back-to-back uh defeats in playoff finals what would your do you know what your next move would have been like would you have carried on or yeah i would have definitely carried on i wanted it to be a successful period for the club um it would have been hard you know to to, to stomach to lose to lose that game you know you've almost not think about that too much in the build-up to it you know and and yeah it would have been tough you 100 carried on you know i felt that we had the the stability and the momentum to be able to sustain uh, um, going again and competing again near the top end of the of the um, division. I thought we were that good. Um, if we had to lose a player or two, which we did at the time, I thought that we would be in a position as a club to take replacements that are good enough as well. So you know, I had every confidence in terms of the club going forward that that it would continue to to do well, and 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 that proved to be the case. Um, it would have been hard, though. You know, you lose any final or, 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 or semi-final, but particularly a final. If you do lose a final, it is, it is hard to take. You know, like you say, the deflation, the, the, the disappointment. You've got to then sort of turn that into fuel to be successful in the future because, you know, football's about what you do when you get disappointments. And you will get you get some disappointments. You'll get some bad times, whoever you are. You know, and it's, it's about what you do then, how you respond and... That's that, that that's the case. But I, I, myself personally, I felt the club had enough structure with, with John there, with Andy Ambler there. I did feel that, that you know there was enough behind the scenes and enough determination. You know, Con, Trevor, people like that that are still on the board. You know, very good people and and and, and good judgment as well. And, and and in terms of a squad of players, well, there was a stability about that squad. And and as I said, you know, you, you always sometimes when you just lose a player or two, you know, that 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 can open you up to sign two or three more that take you forward. You know, we lost yeah. that wet Zach Whitbread quite early, went to Leicester. You know, we, we, we lost players along the way for one reason or another. And, you know, we, we, we didn't go up the first year, if you like. And then, you know, he, he was always then going to move on. But, you know, we had Tony Craig and then Darren Ward joining us. And, you know, so we we replaced them and and, and, and the whole thing kept moving forward. Brilliant. So what does it say to you next was you went, we went up and... Pretty much, you know, didn't make too many much movement in the transfer market. Was that out of choice? You wanted to give these players a chance, or did you go to what was the chat you had with JB? Was it on any funds to invest now? Or yeah, yeah, I, I knew where we where we were. We really wanted to get into the top half of that league if we could. You know, that was that was our aim. I didn't think we needed too much. I thought it was a tight knit group and and a. Yeah. And a very very good good group, and and quite often as well, Dan. You do get a lot of momentum in the first year. That proved to be the case for us. Yeah, we had fantastic momentum, and, and um, uh, uh, you know we went into the championship with no fear really, and and doing everything we can to try and establish ourselves in the championship. We we were realistic and knew you know at, at, at our level, if you like, because quite often you know once you get to the champ level there's a real disparity in terms of the firepower for the for the clubs uh but um as a newly promoted side you can you can get a lot of momentum and, and i did feel confident in terms of you know the players that we had could 
could could um, make that transition up and, and and do well in a level of, uh, above where they played previously. Yeah, well, they did. They finished ninth that season. Big Danny Shitsu comes through the door. <laughs> well, he ends up being etched in Mill history for that guy at Blackburn, and later that's later down the line. But just he's that's what we do. He was an absolute unit. He was perfect for the club, wasn't he? Yeah, he, he, he was. He was a really good player. You know, we, I, I know we finished ninth, but I, I was slightly disappointed myself. I, I did feel like we could maybe get in the top six that year, you know, and we didn't yeah. didn't quite make not you know not 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 far outside. But you know, I was slightly disappointed there because we had we had good men good momentum anyway. Yeah, and 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 you're right talking about individuals anyway. Um, as you go up the league, you, you need. Obviously, you need better players, but you need better athletes as well. You know, it's, there's a there's a difference athletically from one division to another. That's, that's that's you know the first thing, and and he did give us a presence definitely in both boxes and experience by then of of what he was as, as doing and and in, you know in, embraced it really well and and and, and uh, as as you say, he was a good player for us. Two other players that came in, Loney's, and I always admired you. He was really good at this. You seem to have really good connections and contacts with, with Premier League clubs. We've had down the years so many, which we'll get onto. But in this season, Andros Townsend, actually, no, his dad, Troy, he's, worth, he's a good guy, his dad. And Jason Punchin come in briefly. Um, at, you, and as I said later on, Harry Kane comes in, uh, Ryan Mason as well. How did you, you just like, seem to have fantastic contact, uh, contacts. Yeah, we had really good loans during that time. As you said, Andros was fantastic for us, a really exciting player. And, and, Jason was as well, you know. Jason scored, remember scoring a hat trick against Crystal Palace, you know. But then, yeah. and, but going on and playing in the Premier League, didn't he? You know, and and uh, as you say, it's, it's, it's some of those other boys as well. Jason Punchin, you know, we had Ryan Mason, Adam Smith, Harry Kane. You know that we 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 used the loan market very well. It would have been great if we could have kept a few more, you know, of those guys because as much as then they can take your club forward when you lose them there can be a bit of a transition until you can find the next combination of 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 players but as you say they were exciting players at that particular time and and getting into the championship gave us the chance to take you know some top class loans someone said to me that came on the show one of the next player you was i know he was joking but obviously jason punch and scored a hat trick against um crystal palace in the derby I was messing around. They said you was trying to get him off after he'd scored two because you <laughs> wanted to try and sign him. Is that true? And as you was trying to get him off, he scored the third. <laughs> yeah, well, you, you, you know, when you when you have a lone player, you it's frustrating as a manager. Somebody somebody upstairs keeps giving them man of the match and things like that. <laughs> well, you know, what, what you're thinking there? We want to keep this guy under the radar, really, and make him, you know, make him our own player. But, but you know, look for, for, for Jason anyway. He, he he'd been at MK Dons and was right out the frame. Had left him right out. So uh, uh, got a move to Southampton and and you know was was similar really. Wasn't sort of training with the first team, and and you know Southampton were down the leagues then as well. So you know f for us anyway, it was it was a. A, a, a chance to resurrect his career, whereas maybe some of the other boys, that were, you know, Andros was just coming through and been a really good player for, let's say, Spurs, you know, Spurs 21s, as 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 was Harry, you know, but a little slightly different with, 
with, with, with Jason. But, um, you know, he went on to play in the Premier League anyway and was, was, was a very good player. And, yeah, it, it, you know, it, when, you, when you're the manager and quite rightly somebody's making a fuss of someone, but when they deal with the loan players and you, you're thinking, come on, let's try and keep this fella under the radar, you know, and, and they're, they're interviewing after the game and... Yeah, you don't want to say too much. You know, it's on the on the TV show that on on that particular evening, and you know, if people need any more alerting, you know, scoring a hat tricks you know, certainly brings attention to yourself. Hundred percent, mate. Yeah. So, um, talk about losing players. As we mentioned him earlier, Steve Morrison signing him, and obviously it's a it's a great bit of management by you and the club and nurturing him in the right way. But the 2011-2012 season, he obviously gets sold in, in the summer to um before that season starts. To Norwich, what, how frustrating is that, losing a player of Morrow's quality? Did you know it was coming with the goals he was scoring? Yeah, I did think that he'd go into the Premier League. Norwich, I think it was Paul Lambert then, you know, came in, made, made several bids, really. Um, to be to be fair to the board, to John, you know, if, if, if I'd have said, look, we're not selling him, they, they would have backed me and not sold him. But, you know, we and I couldn't, we couldn't stand in Steve's way to go into the Premier League. You know, it wasn't the right thing to hold him at that particular time, and and I don't think we'd have got the best out of him anyway if we'd if we'd have done. So it it was right for him to go. It wasn't, you know, the the club putting pressure on me to to, to do that. You know, we 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 just at that time had to thank him for what he'd done and wish him all the best. You know, as 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 he moved up the moved up the ladder, and you know he was twenty six by the time he came to us. So it's not like he had a lot of years either. You know, he he he. Is is the success of his career, you know, come relatively late, if you like, and and he, and he played well well into his his thirties as well, you know. So it, it it was a loss though, definitely for us to to, to replace his pace as anything else, you know. We we formed some decent partnerships really there, um, you know, in 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 that championship period of, of of two or three years where you know we had Andy Keogh, Andy Keogh and, and and Harry Kane linked up quite well. Uh, Chris Wood and and Darius Henderson, you know, was a was another partnership. You know, um, Neil Neil Harris and Steve Morrison. You know, they're, they're key ones, and it's this it's no it's no coincidence when you have your successful periods and successful seasons when you know you get those players up front that, that can that can win games for you. I've literally you, you you're basically going off all the notes I've got spot on. I said Harris and Morrison both leave. And then Kane comes in, Keogh, Henderson. What was he like, Darius Henderson? Andy Keogh's been on the show. He absolutely loves you. Yeah, you know, for Andy, anyway, fought a really good partnership there. And, and you know, we were we were pleased to have him. Really hard-working player, fitted him well at Millwall. And, and um, you know, we were pleased with him. You know, for, for Darius, it's some talent Darius Henderson had, you know. He was... He was just about the strongest bloke you've ever met in your life. Oh, he's a beast, isn't he? I, I badly want to get him on a show. So strong. I remember him in the in the pre-season work. We, we we went away and done a sort of, you know, some team building things, and his his, his physical strength was unbelievable. Anyway, it, it 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 really was. And and but he could play. You know, he could play. He wasn't just you know, it just wasn't just physical. He had good touch and and a really good finisher. I mean, the hat trick he got at Leicester, where Leicester were flying at that time and going through the leagues. You know, and and. He scored a great hat trick there, you know. So, he, he, while he did he, he did well for us, there, there was there was more in there as well, you know. And and probably his time with Chris Wood there up front was 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 his best time for us. But yeah, you know what what, what a good player Henderson and and had more and more to give really. To be honest with you, definitely would have been mm. interesting. Could have got him gotten him and gotten hold of him maybe earlier in his career, you know. 
Yeah. So we met Chris Wood there. I remember a white and away game at Brighton. I was actually in the corporate bit in the Brighton. Don't know why, but that me, me mate's dad was in business with someone, and we sat in the away end. <laughs> sorry, the home end. And Chris Wood scored an unbelievable goal. So we've I've, we've jumped up naturally, and I said, "Don't do that again." Sorry. And then he's done it again. He scored two unbelievable goals that night, didn't he? Yeah. Brighton come back, pegged us back two-two. A lot of fans always look to the Chris Wood thing in similar light to not so much punching, but Darren Huckabee, players we've had on loan, have done really well, and then we didn't end up buying them. Was we ever realistically going to try and make that deal permanent for Wood? Yeah, we tried really hard. John tried really hard. Um, Leicester at that time just blew everybody out of the water, you know. They, they really did. We just couldn't compete at that particular level. He, he, he had offers from us and plenty of offers as well to be able to stay, you know. And, and, and as I said, you know, Leicester come along and, and just yeah, just blew us out of the water, unfortunately, financially. So yeah, we we tried hard. You know, we put our best foot forward. The the board certainly did. You know, and 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 it was frustrating at that time that we couldn't quite get hold of one or two of those players. But they literally did that well. That you know they went in at such a level that you know we couldn't unfortunately compete. And and that that happens. It's not it's not just Millwall that happens to it happens to every club. You know, yeah. you're looking at sort of. Anywhere people move on is is the the art in it and the, and the hard bit in management and and the, and the, and, the, and the best managers, you know they've got the next one ready, because that player is gonna move on somewhere and you know right the way up to, you know Liverpool if you like in the summer losing you know Mane, and, and what you know I think that's made a big effect to that oh, club. We'll recover. Yeah. You know, it's a fantastic club, but sometimes it takes a it takes a little bit of time to recover, you know, and 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 so you know it, for for every for every sort of club, there's a there's a time when that player just progresses, uh, but but for us, we you know we tried really hard, tried really hard to keep Chris, but you know he he he, he had the offer, he had, he had several offers, but he had the offer from Leicester there, and uh, it was one unfortunately we we couldn't compete with. Yeah, so must be so frustrating, like you say, you you want you want these players, you work hard to get them in, whether it's online or permanent, then you want them to do well, but by the same token, like you say with the low knees, it's not doing too well. You can't keep them under the radar, and then someone comes in in consumption, so. You can't really win a club like me all budget wise, can you? In that in that race, and that's where the current club have done well. You know, the the the, the, the you know our, our budget, the the, the mall budget is good now, and and they've worked at you know some loans. You know, got the two boys from Leeds who look really good players, but it's not built on those loans. You know, it's built on permanent players now, and and over the years they've learned, they've developed that very well. You know, behind the scenes, we talk about the board of directors. You know, and and, it, and it's built on you know the Hutchinsons and you know. Excellent last night, you know. I felt, uh, and and you know, it's built on some some really good lads and, and good carries and some permanent players. It's built on that with with the loans being a supplement, you know. So that's that's a that's a you know real good example of how the, the club have evolved and the board of directors through through different managers and different staff have have have, have learned and you know built it on uh, um, uh, permanent players. It, it, you, you never quite envisage though that that those players do that well as loans either you know you, there is always possibilities that you can take them but as you say there were several high profile ones that that did very well for us and just just stepped on which you know we couldn't do anything about the, the last one i'll ask you about the last loaning i promise is obviously harry kane could you see he was you know he had potential to be as good as he's actually became yeah his his his, his work ethic and his appetite was unbelievable um he could he could work at an intensity you know, he could train at an intensity. Um, he, he was a he was a gifted lad, definitely. Uh, but be, to be able to, you know, shoot 
like that right foot left foot you know uh, headers uh, one touch finishes control inside you know reverse it back across the keeper he had every type of finish but his intensity and his work rate from him coming in from being let's say the first few games really quite a, a young boy you know finding his way um he, he assessed it really well as well you know he, he, he one of the first things he said to me was like yeah playing the championship i need to improve in the air you know and if that's Christ, that's you're exactly right, you know, and 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 he developed. But the the biggest thing that came across was was his was his work rate and his intensity in training, and and as I said, you know, he 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 is he is a talented boy and he was a talented lad, but he he, he had a, a an appetite to improve and and could work at a real high intensity day after day after day. He didn't need down days. You know, he didn't need down days where he may get injured or whatever. He would be working and concentrating on his finishing mainly all of the time. And, and you, you, as, as a coach, you put different sessions on. And, and I would always and always have put on a lot of 2v2s and 3v3s situations. Players enjoy it and, and, and it, it, it covers a lot of the basics. It's hard work as well in terms of training. The, the amount of goals he was scoring a 2v2, 3v3 against good defenders in tight areas, you know, and as I said, he had every type of finish so yeah he was impressive definitely how, how he grew from when he came in to you know when he left was was you know even more impressive as well because you, you could see him gain his confidence i'm sure you guys saw it in the terraces as well you know you see him gain his confidence and and, and then score some really big goals for us yeah he did mate he did but even to the level he went surprised me slightly but he just seems to be getting better and better and leaner now as well and yeah i suppose that comes with time but unbelievable so in effect, I mean, Neil Harris left the club that summer as well. Morrison went, but then we've got in Keo Henderson, Wood, and Kane at points. It's still a strong strike force. We didn't do as well in that in that next season in the championship. Finished sixteenth. Do you think that was a little bit of second season syndrome? There's a couple of heavy defeats in there as well. Six nil at Birmingham, and five nil in the cup. I think at Wolves. Yeah, the, um, uh, uh, the 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 feature that I remember of those two particular seasons was that we, we were always sort of evolving. We were always changing. We we're always looking for the next combination, looking for the next team. Through your successful sides, you can reel off maybe seven or eight players that played all the time, seven, eight, nine, ten players that are around at that particular time. It's pretty easy. We were ever-changing. We were evolving. We did have in a short space of time as well. Some, some really good partnerships, as you say. Um, um, Henderson Wood was a really good partnership, you know. It, 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 you know, uh, uh, Neil Harrison and, and, and Morrison, you know, Kane and Keogh. So we had some really good partnerships, some, some good wingers as well around with, with the likes of Punchin and, and, and Andros Townsend. James Henry did well for us in that period as well. James Henry, great player. You know, so so we, had, we, we, we had some good combinations, but it always felt like we were, we were changing and and when you're changing things, it in football it takes a little while to settle for it, settle down, work mm. at it. Uh, people to get players need to get into a rhythm, you know. They need to feel confident and comfortable, and sometimes that takes time, and you need some perseverance to do that. And we were always in that developing stage during those times, and it it, it didn't ever feel then that we had a, a grip on the top half of the table. Yeah, yeah. Well, so the next season, of course, will always be remembered for the. Um... The FA Cup run. It was your last season at the club. We finished twentieth. Did you feel more investment at this point was needed, or was it maybe a knock-on effect for the cup run that sort of sort of slide slightly? Yeah, I did feel there was a knock-on for the cup run. But having said that, I wouldn't take it away to yeah no go and 
end up playing again at Wembley. You know, whenever you play, I'm fortunate enough as a player, as a coach, as a manager to have to have been there. And and you know, you have to be proud and privileged every time that you get there. You really do. And and for me to take Millwall through, we lost to the eventual winners. I'm I'm proud of that particular cup run. It stretched us. Definitely, there is no doubt about that. But that, that season, like the season before, I felt we were always changing, we're always evolving, we're always looking for the next combination. We're working on the job, and, and and by the end, did well not to go down. You know, it was an achievement to be out to stay in the division. And, and and some seasons, you don't want to say that to supporters, but some some sides, you just sometimes you just have to scrap it out. You have to scrap it out and, and and make sure you you know you live to fight another day. And and, and that was the case. And as you say. Yeah, the the, the 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 cup run was was a was a highlight of it of a of a of a period of a of a season or two where every time we got a, the right combination, every time we got the um, equation right, we lost it again. Yeah, you you took obviously Mill to Wembley three times, and I know for facts on reflection, what would you rather say as fans? Oh well, we didn't have a cup run that year, but we finished tenth in the championship. You take twentieth in the FA Cup semis all day long, wouldn't you? You, you, if you, if you can, you you try to finish top half of the league, which is, yeah. I think, that's the first thing, you know. But then when those cup runs come around and they come and and you get the opportunity, they're few and far between, and you have to take them as well. But in an ideal world, you do both. I don't yeah. think one against the other. You know, you have to do both, and you always have to look after you. You know, you don't want relegations. No. You, don't, you know you don't want relegations you it's, it's you got to go and start again it's another you know another building blocks if you, if you have to you have to but you want to sustain it really to be fair and again that's where the club have done well in recent years they've had such stability and 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 transitioned very well to you know building their own permanent players with the the training ground coming there'll be and they've they've got some players through now some good players as well very good players. They've produced, you know, and they've got they've got a few out on loan that will come back and do well. In my yeah. opinion. so there's some some good young players in 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 the system. But the 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 bringing the training ground again, training ground in again, will only look after the long term future. It will produce more players, It'll attract more players to good facilities. That will mm. be the case because there's a lot of competition in London for 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 all of the players for the top players. So, you know, they've the the, the club have learned. They've got good foundations there and built on it. But through that particular time, anyway. Um, yeah, there, there was too many changes in a short space of time, but it, it was about fighting it out and making sure we lived to stay another day in the Championship, and we did. Let's talk about AFA Cup run, of course. Aston Villa at home, Blackburn away after replay. Danny Shu gets the header, yeah. heading to the uh, the semi final against Wigan. I just thought that, I thought that's a really good sign actually that day, Wigan. But yeah, let's talk a little bit about that cup run if you don't mind. Yeah, it was a great run, and to be able to get through. And, and 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 as you say, you know, as as a club, your focus is always wanting to do well in the league. But there, there is something special about the FA Cup. I think the supporters feel it, but you know, we, we did as well. And and you know, Wembley's a big carrot. It really is, and and big games as well. As you say, Aston Villa, Blackburn, you know, good sides at the time, and us yeah. being able to overcome them to to get into the next round. You know, those replays. Yeah, they took a lot out of us, but we dug deep and got there and. I'm really proud of the club and the players at that particular time because it was an exciting run. I think some people, some maybe some younger viewers now would go, Wigan? But they were a good side, but they, they were decent. Yeah, they were in the Premier League at that particular time and, you know, under Dave Whelan, wasn't it? You know, where, um, yeah, I think they beat they beat Manchester City in the final, didn't they? You know, it was a 
really, really good side anyway. Some good players. That side broke up. They, they, you know, Dave Whelan, uh, um, uh, you know, uh, as he went away from being chairman there, you know, the the, the, the club had its problems. But uh, at that particular time, they've been in the in the in the prem for quite a number of years. And at the end of the season, unfortunately, you decide to leave the club. Is that correct? You said you wanted a new challenge. Did JB try and keep you? Did you want to stay on? Or the relationship was was really good with the with the board, and it always has been with you know with with with, with all of them people. They're they're good people, and and as I said, you know nothing but praise for them now. But with the way that they their, their consistency, the way they've learnt, the way they've built, you know they're building the foundations for the future. You know I can see a, they're good now, but I can see a good future as well. I really yeah. can. And 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 um and and that's that's down to the board of directors. So had a good relationship with John. I I, I felt for myself in terms of I I needed another challenge. It'd been the best part of six years. And I also felt for for, for Millwall, perhaps they needed you know some, uh, another direction as well at that particular time. So do you uh, think if maybe he offered you a bigger transfer budget, you would have stayed? No, I don't think it was about the budget necessarily. No. I don't. No, I don't. I don't think it was a, a, a um it, it it was about finance. Uh, um, at all, uh, but um, you know, the, the, each club is what it is, and 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 that's where it is. Um, but you know, for, for myself anyway, I did feel it was the, the right time, um, and and also as well being in the summer. You know, the, 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 the summer's an easier one to be able to sort of take stock of a of a season of a situation for you know for the club and for the board of directors to you know be able to interview people and and. You know, start again on the front foot, if you like, in, in July again. Yeah, I'll get that, mate. Yeah, no, it, it made sense. And, you know, you, you walked away. And that's why you'd always have, not just for the job you've done, but the respect to the Mill fans. Neil Harris did the same. Same can't be said for some other managers we had after you. But, yeah, just to walk away, just when you're, as a fan, you read between the lines thinking, I wonder if, you know, he thought we took it as far as we could, if I need more players and they maybe understandably haven't got the transfer budget to compete. If you would have stayed, but you know, you, you cleared that up there. So I always ask the same questions at the end, but the only other manager I've ever interviewed was Mark McGee. So I've got to switch the questions up. Who was the best trainer you ever had as a player? Like who was as when you was manager, who was the best player in training, like trained the hardest? Yeah, uh, Paul Robinson, really. But it was close, some good, really good pros at that particular time. I mean, you know, Fordy was a beast. It really was in terms of work rate. You know, and, and there's a lot of keepers like that. But you know, but but probably probably Paul Robinson all round. You know, he would go into the gym in the afternoon and and you know work and work and work. He would then go into you know, flexibility sessions on his own down the you know down at down at the gym we were a member of. So yeah, probably one stands out is Robbo. But but closely followed with you know. Uh, David Ford, Tony Craig, some professional, him, you know, and and in in terms of actual just capacity and running, Gary Alexander as well. Early on, he he, he could run, you know, he could really move. Yeah, the best player, talent wise, that you that you managed. Yeah, with in terms of an effect on a short space of time, and and his his own growth at that time, you probably have to say Kane, but that was quite a. Um, you know, a short period of time. We've discussed, you know, all, all, all of those forward players and, and there's some great forward players in there, gone on to have terrific careers and yeah. at that particular time. You know, I include Henderson in that, you know. I do feel that 
the talent in that lad, you know, in terms of his his own position and and, and a finishing in him that that, that 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 was really really good and uh, and uh, as I said, it would have been great if he could have cut because I did think he was a Millwall player, Henderson, and if we could have got him earlier and and maybe you know got a better chunk of his career if you like, you know, so that that's perhaps although he did well for us, maybe the one that could have been even better, if, if you like, you know. Um, uh, for actual uh, competing, closing down and work rate, it was it was Jimmy Abdu, you know, definitely. And and um, in, in terms of having an effect, though, you know, you, you can go on to, you know, Robinson, Tony Craig, Alan Dunn, uh, David Ford, those guys, you know. Uh, uh, um, being able to work hard and being consistent is a talent as well. As, as you know, as much as, you know, the, the, the forward players we've talked a lot about on the show. Here's an interesting one. The biggest transfer you missed out on to so someone you tried to buy for Millwall, you actually thought you'd got them and then it sort of fell through or saying at the end. Yeah, uh, everybody's got this apparently now, but uh, Vardy was, was one for us. Well, I went down to Yeovil to watch him and, and you know, we tr Joe, Joe Gallen actually. It was Joe Gallen spotted him all the way through. I've got to say, it wasn't myself, but, you know, Joe had an eye for a centre forward and, and, um, yeah, Joe, Joe was on Vardy all of the time. He was on his agent, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And um, you know, believe me, we were, we were close. And and but he didn't come to us. Um, Northern lad, anyway. That was that was more rather than him disrespecting the club or whatever. He wanted to stay up north. Had a had a a, a little up there, you know. Yeah. Swayed his decision, but you know, we, we we were close to that one. But I've seen so many quotes and podcasts where there's about. 90 other clubs were all in the situation. So that, that game, I saw him at Yeovil. There must have been some crowd. I can't remember all them fellas there. But, um, <laughs> I can't take credit for that myself in terms of spotting him. It, it was Joe Gallen all the way along. And, and I, I just went down to Yeovil at the end. And, you know, and, and we did actually get close to that one. That's just mad. I say his agents probably. You thought he was close to the deal. His agents on the phone. I've met fifteen yeah. mobiles on the phone with everyone it, in it, town. Yeah, fifteen other deals going at the same time. And and that, like I said, the, the amount of people that said, "Yeah, I saw Jamie, Jamie Vardy coming out of non league since then," you know, <laughs> maybe weren't as close as before. <laughs> <laughs> so my final question: If someone come up to you and said to you, "You was middle manager, wasn't you?" You said, "Yeah," and they said, "How did it go?" How'd you, how was the club? What would you say to them? Uh, it's fantastic for me, personally. You know, it's, it is an achievement to do the best part of six years in management at one club, you know, but it was fantastic for me. Um, uh, uh, the the, the, the uh, period of time, Mill was the club, and as I said, I knew, you know, I knew Tom Wally and Mick McCarthy and Ian Evans. I knew some a lot of people that had worked at the club and they had nothing but good things to say about working inside the club, how well they treat you. And they still do now. It's one of the best clubs. You know, you might get bigger clubs, but it's it's one of the best clubs inside in terms of looking after you, um, doing everything they can to help you to do your job uh, to, to, to the best of your ability. And, and you know, the, uh, at times as well, when it's under pressure, there's like a siege mentality within, you know, within the club. And that's a good thing. So, yeah, fantastic times. Um, young family always went as well. You know, that's 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 that that, that makes a difference. You know, and in, in terms of us as a family, you know, the Jacket family, if you like, you know, um, Millwall was a great club and good times. Brilliant, Kelly. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you, on, mate. Thank you so okay. much for your time. Okay. All right, Dan. Anything? Tom, you man, thank you. Bye bye. 
ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.